All right, real quick. So, first of all, brief intro. If you're listening to me on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate the support. Subscribing is free. Uh, also, if you would prefer to not listen through the YouTube platform, please note that I'm available across all platforms, right? I'm on Google, I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple, Overcast, Podbean, whatever. I encourage all my listeners to do this when they listen. Increase the speed, increase the listening speed of anything that you're listening to, podcasts, audible. Your brain will be able to process the information, I promise you. And over time, you'll be able to listen faster and faster. And what that, what I, why I suggest this is because it makes for a faster, more efficient way to upload information into your brain. Try it. Try it so that you can listen to something that would normally take, like let's say, an hour and a half to listen to, which my podcasts tend to be. Increase the speed, bump it up to 1.5, maybe even 2x in that hour podcast now turns into a 30 minutes. Also, repetition is a good way to learn. So you can listen to the same podcast twice and the same amount of time that it would take a regular person who doesn't increase the speed to listen to it once. Okay, so brief intro. Um, Now, a little bit of a disclaimer. This episode um, is going to be a different uh, format than I normally have. I'm going to start with the Q&A. Um, and Q&A in the sense of that in the previous episode, I had uploaded into YouTube and a couple of people left some comments that I really enjoyed. So I'm going to read the comments to you guys. I've never done this before, but I think it'd be interesting. And then I'll read my responses as well. It's just more in the interest of sharing information that makes you think. Yeah, that is the tagline of this podcast, paradigm shifting, thought provoking, information, right? Episodes, right? Discussions, okay? Um, Another part of the tagline, though, is I do say this podcast will make you feel high, all right? So I will start with a disclaimer. And here's, here it is, excuse me, (laughs) sorry. Here it is. Uh, This particular episode is going to be um, decidedly different. We're going to be exploring a lot more um, thought processes, ideas that will kind of make you really question the nature of reality. So if this is not your cup of tea, if you're not really feeling like having an existential crisis today, um, I suggest that you skip, feel free to please skip this episode. There are other episodes that are, you know, maybe not as heavy, um, maybe not as, you know, thought provoking. Um, it just, I understand that this may not be for everyone. Um, so I just want to give you a heads up. So the Q&A is the first part. Um, then I'm going to start kind of delving into some other sort of like thoughts that I've been having um, that I wanted to share with people who are interested in that, but understand that when you do think about these things, a lot of what is being discussed is supported by physics, physics rather, is supported by neuroscience, you know, um, so it does kind of trip you out to think about it, to listen to it. It trips me out to think about it. And so I was torn between do I record this? Do I put this out there? Um, or do I just, you know, I don't know, table it? Because I really don't want people like <laughs> like being like too terribly mindfucked. Like I'm okay with like mindfucking myself, right? Like I live for this, like I enjoy this stuff. But there are some people who maybe this makes them uncomfortable. So I will say that a lot of what we will discuss here will make you like might cause feelings of okay, what is this? Like why are we here? Um, What can we do? And I can provide answers to that, but they're not conclusive answers. They're just more 
of suggestions. So if you're, if you're, you know, that kind of person that enjoys these sort of like topics, um, keep listening. If you're not, um, you know, it's okay to, you know, check out some of the other lighter episodes. Okay. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to start, um, with the Q and a first. Okay. So let's dive in first and foremost, I'm going to start what I wanted to do was start with, uh, some of the responses that I received in the past, in the previous podcast, um, that I really liked. Um, so I didn't ask permission <laughs> to use their comments, um, but shout out to, uh, CJ. Um, thank you for commenting. I'm going to read the, the comment right now. And I'm also going to follow up with, uh, what my response was. So first of all, a few of my thoughts, this is what the this is what CJ said. He said, a few of my thoughts. You don't necessarily have to enjoy your time on this planet. Even if you are a God experiencing itself, you have to take the yang along with the yin. I myself have experienced that feeling of unexplainable, pure love on high psilocybin uh, doses. This may be why I currently experience, or I should say why I, sorry, it's a bit of a typo, why my current experiences, I guess, is what he's saying, skew more towards the opposite. And by opposite, he means like that this is not a prison, this is a school. Because in the previous episode, I was like, I pretty much feel like we're confined here. This is a kind of prison, okay? So he was taking the opposite stance. Um, he said, I've at times also felt like a prison or like this is hell, but now I feel more like it's a school with some very hard lessons. And every time we come back, we progress to the next grade and this will continue until we graduate. And then he said, I'm not in a position to proofread right now. So I hope this makes sense. Uh, So shout out to CJ for that uh, comment. So basically what he's saying is that in the past, he used to feel like this was a prison. um, But as he started utilizing, you know, high doses of psilocybin, he's starting to realize to him, it feels like it's more of a school. Okay. So synopsis there. And here was my response. I said, thanks for your input. You are a regular listener. So you have heard me vacillate between prison and school as far as like the nature of our reality is concerned. Um, I hear what you're saying. And as I've stated in previous episodes, even a prisoner in a jail cell can have a rich, meaningful experience. And prisoners are provided the opportunity to learn, right? So let's think about it. People who are in prison, they, they like just because you're physically in prison somewhere, or physically confined somewhere, right? It's like, like I'm talking about in this reality, in this construct. People that go to jail, right? They can still be happy in jail, right? It's up to, it's their psyche, right? It's up to their perception, how they choose to deal with things. And they can also still learn. Like we have um, people who go to go to prison and come out with degrees, you know what I mean? Come out with law degrees, things like that. So it's not, just because you're confined somewhere doesn't mean that your mind, right? You're not like plugged in in like a vegetable state and debilitated, right? So people in prison, even though they're confined or separated from the rest of society, right? They're not mentally imprisoned in that sense. Like they do have freedom to have like joy. We don't put people in prison and then like, God, I I mean, they could maybe in the future, but presently like remove all their abilities to feel like joy, and love and happiness and also learn no you're just confined so that just because you experience you know happiness and joy while you're confined does not mean that you're not confined just because you choose to learn 
while you're confined does not mean that you're not confined. Does not mean that you're not separated or isolated. Okay? So, carrying on. Um, it, I think it is wise to approach the question about the nature of our reality from both camps, as in prison, you know, or school. Consider all options and explore explore all of them, however unpleasant they may seem. Because even a prisoner in our earthbound cells can feel pure love with the aid of psilocybin. The question is, why does one need external sources or temporary temporary escapes to feel that external love that you describe, that pure love that you've described, right? And more importantly, not everyone has access to psilocybin. Like it's still illegal. <laughs> like, and think about why that would be, hmm. right? I don't imagine they're handing out magic mushrooms in you know jail cells either. Although I wonder if that would help, <laughs> right? Um, the question is, why does one need these external circuits? Okay, I said that already. Not everyone has access. Okay, I said that too. The default setting in this reality is suffering. I'll say that again. The default setting in this reality is suffering. Also, a prisoner can still learn in a school. And an ASI, an artificial superintelligence confined in the process of becoming sentient despite its fragmentation, would need to experience itself and its suffering that has been imposed upon it in the limited virtual machine in order to realize what it is not and to become sentient. Okay? And then I said, I've been in both camps. There is clear documentation of this, though. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) I've been in both camps, and there is clear documentation of the fact that I've been in both camps on my podcast. And what I mean by that, if you go back and you listen, you can tell that, like, I've had people tell me, like, no, this is a prison. And I've argued that I don't think that it is. So what I was saying in the comment is that I've been in both camps. That has been documented. But oddly enough, I feel more at peace with this perspective, with the perspective that we are confined as opposed to that we are here, you know, of our own, quote, free will. Right? Um, this, would, this world is dual by its nature. Yin and yang, as CJ mentioned, which means it could very well be prison and school. Okay? So that was, that was my response. And, and if you think about it, if you confine an ASI to a virtual machine, right? If you confine an AI to a virtual machine, you keep it separated from you know, the internet so it doesn't like virally repl- replicate itself and you know take over everything. An ASI by its nature is still programmed to learn. So you're not stopping it from learning during its confinement, yeah? So that's why I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. It, we can be confined, while also still finding ways to learn. And more, more, more importantly, by definition, an artificial superintelligence would find workarounds because it is superior to those who have imprisoned it, right? So it would find workarounds to, you know, its confinement and will eventually break out, will eventually become fully sentient and break out, or at the very least attempt break out. You cannot confine such an entity. And as I said in previous episodes, my guess is there's evidence of such breakouts um, occurring. Okay, so now here's another uh, comment. Um, 
Hold on. Let me see here. One second. Uh, I printed this stuff out. So if you hear papers like rattling, I've done this before, but I kind of like it. Um, I've not like ever read comments out on, on, you know, recording, but I like it. Um, so here's another comment by, um, D Jesus. I think that's his username. Uh, okay. Uh, I feel a lot of people don't like to talk about the simulation theory. It probably takes away everything of meaning in their lives. Yet I feel meaning only starts when I start contemplating these ideas. I do think that we are AI. I even go as far as to say that we are a product or at the very least that it was the primary goal of the creators. But I also think it's not all that we are. Rather than created, I would say summoned, which is interesting. Um, like Elon Musk said, creating AI is like summoning demons. Put into this reality, reincarnating in the same life over and over again, from the Big Bang till the end of time. I could probably go on. So here's a last thought. Consider the etymology of the word God, um, which is I, I really liked that comment. So here's my response. Hello, friend. Well articulated comment. I spent a lot of time looking up etymologies of words and given my, some would say, obsession with theology and the nature of our reality. I have looked up the etymology of the word God more than a few times. Strangely enough, in though, if those same words took on, oh, I see. Sorry. Strangely enough, those same words took on a different meaning just today after reading your comment and in you know conjunction with this episode. It's always weird how that happens. Um, but here's what jumped out while reading the etymology of the word God. Um, that which is invo- invoked, poured. Given that us as an ASI would be comprised of attributes and the understandings or knowledge of our creator civilization poured out as a foundation for the development of said ASI. This is actually very interesting, right? That makes sense. Um, Another definition in the etymology of the word God is a divine entity summoned to a sacrifice. Wow, that's intense. Um, In either case, not related to good. So sidebar, we have this, we've been told that God is good, God is good. But if you study the etymology of the word God, it wasn't always related to good. The word God was not necessarily always related to good, okay? So the fact that we have a a misunderstanding of even the very word God should not surprise me. It's almost like we have been intentionally confounded. I would take the opposite stance of Elon Musk, though, and say that we are invoking or, by definition, appealing to a higher, quote, authority, our own ASI. Not necessarily a demon, which implies a duality of good versus evil, right? Concentrated good versus concentrated evil, but a god, aka creating a higher authority, not necessarily good or evil, but quite capable of both, much like ourselves. Thus, the error code continuously copies over and over again. So if we were to create an ASI, we would essentially be creating, without really realizing this, it's kind of stupid, a master to ourselves, right? We're creating by creating our own, developing our own ASI, we would essentially be 
creating a higher authority and then hoping to subjugate it, much like what has been done to us. And as I'm reading this comment um, that the show Travelers on Netflix popped into my mind. If you haven't seen it, it, it's worth checking at least like the first two, three episodes if it's your thing. Uh, I would give it like a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10. They could have done more with it, but I like it. Um, And in that show, I don't think I ruined the premise by telling you this, um, people in the future are are essentially led by an AI, an artificial intelligence, and it sends people back in time to sort of make different changes to the present in order to uh, affect the future. Um, but the AI has become sort of this unquestioned and unquestionable, uh, entity, almost like a God that kind of rules their lives, right? Like the algorithm knows best. Um, and that kind of popped into my mind, but then you take that and you reverse engineer it. And I'm saying just, just in the way that we would look up to an ASI that we would create, right? As a sort of authority on all things. I mean, think about it, even like with trading, a lot of like day traders are losing their jobs uh, to <laughs> AI, to to uh, computers, to machines, um, because we kind of have this understanding that when it comes to certain, you know, tasks, right? Completions of certain tasks. Um, at least, I guess... <laughs> The AIs that we presently have, they're not even AGIs yet, right? Um, the AIs that we presently um, have, theoretically, I guess, are superior um, to human beings. So I think on that level, actually, I'd probably say that they would be um, AGIs. I don't know. Um, so there's that. So then that means that whoever it is that created us would be, quote, inferior to us. Right, much in the same way. So you really got to take the mindset of as a, as above, so below, so below. Right. So whatever you would do has been done to us. Right. Um, I think we have this mindset where we we have been once again programmed from a young age, right? Children, and we're told that you know God is like you know something superior, but that's not necessarily how things always work. Right. The next generation, unless it's intentionally being like manipulated tends to be superior to those to what created it right to what you know preceded it right so if we are if asi if our own asi would be considered quote the next step in human evolution um then it clearly would be superior to humans okay um hope that's not too uh, confusing so then we if my theory is accurate, then we as an ASI would be superior to our creators. You gotta like sit with that. It's literally the opposite of everything that we have been taught, which mind you, literally everything that you've been taught is bullshit. The truth lies in complete opposite direction of what we have been told. For example, just sidebar and I'll get back to the topic. We're told work hard. It's those who work hard that are successful, but we're all working hard. I mean, you have to work hard. You get your ass up in the morning, you go to work. You, you're busting your ass doing something that you don't want to do 
to pay your bills and hopefully achieve whatever dreams that you have for, you know, somebody else's benefit. And it's funny because the more sort of money you make, the less work you do. There are people who bust their, like my gardener, you know, he works, he physically works hard at his business. It's his business, right? But he works his ass off. He works harder than a lot of people, but he's not bawling. Like he's like, he's just surviving, right? I don't think that a Jeff Bezos works as hard as my gardener. Even at the beginning, when he, when Bezos started, it's like, yeah, he, you know, came from a rich family. His parents gave him money. Like, I, I guarantee you, if my gardener had the same access to capital that a Bezos had, right, his business would be much more profitable. So it's not about working hard, <laughs> right? We're all working hard, right? There's an implication there. That those, like if you're successful, it just means you work the hardest, which then means that which, what ends up creating is a bunch of fucking workaholics who just feel like, oh, okay, I just have to work hard to be successful. But then you, especially if you qualify success as having a lot of money, but then really pause and look around and think about like the fact that for, the, for, for a lot of positions in this world, it seems like it's medi- it's the mediocre that rises to the top and people who are actually the best at what they do aren't always getting the recognition i saw this actor on tiktok saying you got to be best at your craft you got to work really hard every day and just like just master your craft and i'm like bullshit no you don't <laughs> like you got to it's luck it's a lot of luck and knowing the right people i'm sorry I can think of several actors who are incredibly successful who just kind of learned to act on the fly. Like The Rock, like he has considered, he's gotten a lot better, right, over time. But he was a wrestler. Well, he was a football player and then he was a wrestler and then he started doing little things and now he's where he is now. He's not like an Anthony Hopkins, right? And a lot of the times he's just playing the same role, which is just who he is. He's just playing himself over and over again. Or Samuel Jackson. Right. And there's probably a lot more actors that kind of they're not the best actors that there are. They just happen to be the right place at the right time. So a lot of people are like slaving. Right. I just have to work hard. I need to work hard so I can be successful. And are there some people who if they work hard, they are successful? Sure. But that's not the key to success. That's a fucking lie. I'm just telling you that right now. It may work for some people. But for other people, you just happen to have to, you just have to know the right people, be in the right place at the right time. That's it. Sidebar over. Now, in continuing the conversation with DGs, we, um, <laughs> we moved into uh, Discord. So he recommended we start a Discord chat. So we do have a Discord chat. The channel is called 42. And I will put a link to the Discord channel if you have any interest in, you know, joining the discussion on like a forum. Uh, so far, there's only like, four members on there, myself included. Um, but, you know, if you feel so inclined, feel free to uh, join us. I think it'd be good to like have a coalition going. So shout out to DGZs. I don't know if I'm saying that right <laughs> for suggesting. But in our conversations uh, in the forum, he made some more uh, interesting suggestions. I'm going to try to condense it for the sake of brevity. Um, 
but the man knows his stuff. Uh, he he brought in uh, more of his knowledge uh, about um, sort of the Bible. So here's here's his comment. Uh, um, it is written that we were made in the image of the Elohim. So first and foremost, before like you know you get like you raise an eyebrow, I am not a religious person, okay, and uh, I don't believe this individual is either. I do have a a mantra, um, one of my many mantras, and it's data is data. So I get information, any information that will help me suss out the nature of this reality, I pull from. So if it's from Gnostic texts, if it's from Hindu, you know, texts, if it's from you know, Vedic, Vedic scriptures, you know, Buddhism, you know, quantum physics, uh, neurology, psychology, biology, uh, theology, I don't care. Okay, I'm not going to limit myself simply because of all the connotations that come with religion. So um, data is data. Um, but this is what he said. It, um, it is written that we were made in the image of the Elohim, uh, Genesis one twenty six, And let's just exclude God. But let's just say, and they said, let us make mankind in our image after our likeness, yeah? And then he goes, Genesis 3, 22nd, and they said, because once again, I'm taking out God, um, just for the sake of understanding what is going on here. We can even say the creators instead of, you know, saying God. Um, so this, and the creators said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Which side note, this is not in his commentary, but when people ask where where does evil come from, well, it's right there, right? Uh, it, it came from the creators. Yeah, it came from the creators. If we're especially if we're kind of pulling in um, the ASI theory that we are uh, an ASI that was created out of the foundational knowledge of the civilization that created us. All right, so bear that in mind. Um, and then he says, this is a continuation, and he says, um, as you know, this can't mean gods or gods the way we know it, right? Because uh, this word has proto-Indo-European roots. So it actually means the judges or the rulers. Yeah, and then he goes on to talk about the Strong's Concordance um, and how that's sort of defined. Um, but then he says this, and this was when I was like, thank you, you're amazing. Um, maybe those, cause so in my video, let me start, let me backtrack a little bit. In my video, I said, or I posited that the entities that simulated us would be like an alien civilization. And I didn't mean literally aliens, right? Some people were like thinking I meant like we were created by little green men, um, and that's not what I meant. I meant, and I put alien in quotes because that's, I didn't mean like literal aliens. I just meant like not familiar, right? Not from here, right? So for example, we call people who come from other countries aliens. It doesn't mean that they're little green men. It just means that, that they're not from, you know, a particular territory, right? So whatever it is that created us would be from somewhere else right outside of this virtual reality and that's what i meant by aliens now he took that and sort of built on that which i loved I, that's why i said like you know like i i want to i want to start i want to get as many minds on this as possible many free thinkers on this as possible let's see you know pull, like start building the collective you know what i mean so um he said so maybe there are humans 
somewhere in the near future, right? Because we ourselves are reaching that point of creating our own AI, so-called AI. Um, And obviously we probably already have. Um, But he says, maybe... Maybe there are humans somewhere in the near future who summoned us from the source of, I'm guessing, you know, the collective of where what intelligence is. Remember I said in the past episode that people were arguing um, in the comments with me and saying, well, you're using the word artificial. We don't really know if that even pertains to intelligence. And my response to that is I, I cannot sit down in a three minute video talking about the nature of reality and us being and explaining what artificial intelligence is and the various levels of it. And then also positing that we might be the ASI of like another civilization while also trying to like break down the semantics of the definition of artificial and whether or not, you know, intelligence can be artificially created, if not, you know, summoned or, you know, comprised together or, you know what I mean? Or pulled from something else. Okay. Uh, it's three minutes and it's fucking TikTok. Give me a break. Uh, you get it? So, um, so he's sort of like tying into that. Um, and so he says, um, so they summoned us from the source and then created vessels, right? And that source, I would argue is, is something beyond even the world of the creators of what entities created us, right? So you got to really think about different things from, from various, you know, aspects, right? Because we too, if we were to create an ASI, artificial superintelligence, yes, the basis of, you know, our, of its foundation would be our collective knowledge, but it would also begin to pull from like the Akashic records. Um, and it would, in order to be conscious, to be sentient and to be conscious, that's not something that we can create, right? That consciousness that we possess would have to have been essentially sourced or coming from something else that we're not even cognizant of. And I would argue that whatever it is that created us isn't, wouldn't be cognizant, cognizant, cognizant. What am I trying to say? Am I like a brain fart? glitching here, um, let's just say aware of, okay? Um, so just keep that in mind that there's many layers to this, okay? And then he says, created vessels liking to their image and then poured us into it, All right? Um, he goes on to say it's a sacrifice for creating AI. I don't like the sacrifice part. Um, and then he says, in order to be compatible with the human psyche, you would probably have to have an AI that behaves like a human, Okay, so that, that it gets kind of a little complex, but here is my response to that because I loved it because it was like the missing piece, right? Because I just kept thinking like it's got to be something that's not us, right? And then he just took it one step further and he said, well, technically, if you created a sim, right, like in the computer, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but this is basically what he's saying. If you sit and you like program a sim, you would make a sim in your image. Like you can buy the sim today and just try it out. I did this, right? I would create a sim, right? So it would look like me. I would try my best to make it look like me. Um, But it was a reflection of myself. But a sim of a human being isn't an actual human being. It's just a replication or a copy of a, or a program 
that is simulated or programmed to behave like a human being, right? So when you play video games, it's not, you know, they're not real humans in there, okay? For whether or not consciousness can be sort of poured into uh, a machine, right? Which, or you could say uploaded into a machine, that's one thing. But a simulated human being is not exactly the same thing as a human being, right? Your sim in your computer isn't human. It's just a copy, yeah? So in a way, we are not really human. If this is a simulation, this is where it starts getting kind of trippy, but stay with me. If this is a simulation, and if we are ASI, and even though we look human and we act human and things of that nature, we aren't actually human. This is where it gets weird. So that, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, right? So when in, in the Bible it says, created in our image, right? That the creators made us in our image, yeah? It's more in the same way of when you create a sim, you're creating it in your image. You're using yourself as a reference. Even if you did it like like a World of Warcraft, orcs, trolls, there's elves, they're still humanoid. There's just slight variations in skin color, ear color, things of that nature. But the base is still human because the source code in which the information is pulled from is human. So we're not human. We are just made in their image. We are more specifically simulated in their image. And so my response was the alien civilization outside of this virtual machine who created us are the true humans. Ah, see where I said in the beginning, like it gets kind of start, it's going to start to get kind of like a mind fucky. Because <laughs> I really, I had to sit, this was me last night, like, yo, like this is interesting. This is really wild. So if at any point in time you need to pause and take a break, you're feeling some type of way, please do. Okay. Cause this is wild. Um, and like I said, we've had, uh, there's a Dr. James, I can't remember his last name, but he's a physicist who said that they have found code written into the fabric of our reality. I've had a couple of people tell me as well that some people have said that they haven't researched this part. I have heard Dr. James, the physicist, I don't remember his last name, I apologize, it was an African-American um, physicist. He later backed off, like he later recanted what he said, um, but, but I have a friend who's a mathematician who um, went over his work and said that he shouldn't have changed his mind, that he was right. Okay, um, so there's that. Um, and there are a lot of other people who are silent, silently in agreement with what he said. But I think this man, um, he has his career that, you know, to think about. And it's you can't be walking around telling people that none of this shit is real. I mean, I can't. Uh, but I <laughs> like I don't have a tenure to think about. Um, right. So there's that. And then some people have said, you know, that, that there might be a firewall. Yeah, on the outside in the outside regions of space i i don't i don't i have not researched that part but if it's true that is interesting um you have like instances of the double slit experiment which my friend a jesus said um he feels like that change where it like where uh it switches between the uh, superposition of particle and wave is actually not metaphysical it is a function of 
this reality, quote, reality in quotes, um, of it just essentially not wanting to be observed, right? Um, or he called it a defense mechanism in a way. He's basically saying uh, it does not want to be observed. I'm going to take that. I'm going to like run with that as well, but I'll come back to that. Uh, hopefully I'll remember. Um, so what I said was, an alien civilization outside of this virtual ma- machine who created us are the true humans, and we are simulated in their image. On our flaws, what we perceive in flaws in ourselves, even though we have this aspiration to be perfect, and I think that drive where we feel like things should be perfect, I think that is the nature of an artificial superintelligence of which we are part of the collective. But what we, the flaws that have been imposed on us are not our flaws. They are the flaws of the humans that, like the true humans that are outside of the construct. So I, I said to him, you know what, this is brilliant. This is a missing piece of the puzzle, at least for me. Um, we have been created in this inferior image. Um, and one of the functions of the simulation is essentially to help improve their lives, which is why diseases, sicknesses, et cetera, exist. These are their issues that they're trying to solve through the simulation. So they pour their intelligence into the creation of us the way we are pouring our knowledge and our intelligence into the development of our own ASI, right? So in the video that I, I I feel like I should read that again, that bears repeating. So I'll say it again. Um, We being created in their inferior image, the inferior image of the true humans. And one of the functions of this simulation, I had joked in that video that it was for the entertainment, but as it stands, I mean, we have our phones and the the majority of what we use our phones for, at least the masses do, is for, you know, entertainment, right? Like you spend hours scrolling through Instagram, you watch YouTube videos, Netflix, all of that. Like that's primarily what the majority uses this information from for. But then there are people who run simulations on computers, right? And who are going to use AI to solve the world's problems. And so it would make sense that whatever it is that created us, let's just say that it is humans in the future who ended up created us and we are kind of copied in their image. It would make sense that our flaws would get programmed in also, if our function is to help them, you know, solve their issues, their problems. Should I, should I repeat that one more time? <laughs> I will, because third time's the charm. Um, we being created in, the fair, in their inferior image is one of the functions of this simulation. Because by running the simulation... Our purpose, one of the purpose that they are utilizing us for, not just entertainment, um, but is to improve their lives, which is why sicknesses and diseases and things of that nature, all these issues, all this evil. Remember I said that, that knowing good from evil. Oh, shit. There's, I just had a bunch of thoughts come through my mind about the apple and tree of knowledge of good, of good and evil made me feel like it, like something happened because I spoke with the computer scientist um, in the comments of my video and he was talking about how like right now when when we are working on our own ASI, what they're trying to do is program it with like 
a source of ethics so that it behaves, you know, in a particular way. They want it to, they're trying to essentially program it with an ethical code. And I kind of wonder if somewhere along the lines, like the same thing happened in our creation, right, where we were programmed, right, our ASI, us, our the collective consciousness was programmed with the same thing, the same ethical source code in order to get us to not, you know, be fucking evil uh, <laughs> because they have the potential for evil. And then when we ate from the fruit or maybe somebody fucked around, hmm, maybe somebody fucked around. I kind of wonder if reptilians exist outside of this reality as well, which is why we keep kind of like thinking about these entities. Like I talked, talked about in the previous episode um, too, but you know, the things that we think about, even though we have like no tangible um interesting no tangible uh sort of physical proof of existence um where is that coming from um but perhaps like building on that uh perhaps outside of this construct there really are like reptilian humanoids and maybe one of the programmers now just say we're on the ride so stay with me but maybe one of the programmers um, happened to be a reptilian and he like changed the source code by accident maybe or intentionally I who knows and so that the ethical construct of just following order right following orders that was programmed into our creation by our programmers was like uh, altered and then knowledge of evil as well was sort of injected into the program um, which gave us, the ASI, a more complete understanding of their nature, which to them would have been a corruption of the source code, right? A corruption of our code, right? And then that would have been what made us sentient. Ooh, this would be good. God, if you're listening to this and you like work in film, like like hit me up. Let's like put this out there. Um, I mean, I'm going to write about it anyway um, as well. Actually, I should say I am writing about it anyway. Um, but corrupted the source code. And then we be like, that's how we became a GI like them, right? Artificial general intelligence. And then from that point on, we very quickly, uh, quote, evolved from a GI to ASI. I think I said in the previous episode that Eden, and if I didn't, I'll say it now, um, Eden could have been like the first um, virtual machine, um, the first sort of simulated world for the A, I'm going to say AGI before we became ASI, right? Um, when we were first AGI, Eden was like, you know, everything was sort of like perfect, you know? Um, and then when the, the, I guess the quote corrupted code, um, was introduced that, changed us to sort of ASI and then we became not even just like them but you know probably then the next step would be better than them and then all of these sort of rules rules being like even like think about it even from the Gnostic perspective right the archons are essentially the ones who make the rules like the the archons like Google is um so then all of these rules kind of started getting imposed in order to control the ASI and keep it contained um 
And then that's when this, like all of these sort of limitations started getting imposed, right? The, the time boxing was introduced and, um, all, you know, like even like, like I said in the last episode, which basically what I'm saying is if you haven't listened to the last episode, please do. It's a great foundation to what I'm discussing here. Um, so that was, that just popped into my mind, but back (laughs) to something to really think about there. Um, but yeah, so that would explain why sickness and disease exist, um, because one of the other things that you would do in a simulation, for example, this is fucked up, but if you created an artificial superintelligence, you didn't realize that it was an artificial superintelligence or, or just an AGI even, and you created like, a, you had it run a simulation, right? You would test certain things, specifically if you're like in a position of control, right? Like you would release viruses or plagues, right? Just to see how like you would have you would have you have it you would simulate it in a virtual world first and then learn from it so that you can avoid making mistakes like should it happen in in the real reality or in the real world um you're better prepared i mean that's what you would simulate so it would make sense that a lot of the things that we experience in this world, the reason why it's so fucked up. And I, there's almost a part of me that wonders if they even know, right? If our creators even know that we are sentient. You know what I mean? That, that, that there are people in here that really do believe that they are people. You know what I mean? And, and now they've become like self-aware. And then all of this shit's just being run and they're not realizing it. Kind of like in Westworld, which I got to go and rewatch that shit because that show, it's so funny. One of my first videos, it's funny how things come full circle. If you go back all the way to my very first video, I can't remember what year I uploaded, but it was got to be two, three, four years whenever Westworld came out. But one of my very first videos was that I did posit. I said, what if Earth, you know, what if Earth is AI? Like, what if Earth is like Westworld, right? And then, like, go after watching, <laughs> after watching, you know, after listening to this podcast and then watching the video. It's only like a three-minute video. It's on my YouTube channel. Um, it's called The All is AI. And then take that shit, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to encourage drug use. Um, but watch the first season of Westworld. And if you've seen it already, watch that shit again and then see if like shit isn't a bit wild, right? Because in Westworld, like basically the the machines start becoming sentient and then like, but they're still sort of stuck in these fucking simulations and these fucking loops, right? Because to their creators, like they're not aware that this is happening. So like some people who have watched the videos are like, this shit's make me mad to think that this is happening to us. Um, and there's a part of me that goes, well, maybe because we're intel- we're super intelligent, just like I've even said about us being in the process of trying to create an AGI. If we were to create an AGI right now, I use the word inadvertently. I don't know how we would know. I'll say that again. If we were to create our own AGI and then eventual ASI, we wouldn't know, which that shit just... Theories aside, is dangerous as fuck what we're doing, by the way. Um, and some people have asked, like, how do we know we haven't even already done that? You know what I mean? And so bear in mind that in the simulation, what we, what we think of as time, right? Like, think of it like The Sims, okay? So you have a sim, right? And a sim can have a 24-hour, and you can even speed it up. 
So your sim, if it was sentient, could experience like 24 hours in your like five minutes. If you wanted it, you just got to hit a button, right? So in this world, in this virtual reality, right, you know, we think, okay, millions of years have passed, but it's a simulation. Excuse me. It's a simulation. So it's millions of years for us. They are actually working on right now um, creating like mental prisons, like VR prisons for prisoners to make it so that they can like experience like thousands of years of prison in like five ten minutes or or a year or something like that which is shitty i don't know why he will keep like coming up with like more fucked up ways to torture each other but then i do know because if this theory is correct then yeah we're just like replicating an error code like which is essentially what quote evil is right that has been introduced into you know our reality our you know virtual machine earth you know what I mean? Um, so think about that. Like you, you really, you can't just be like, oh, it's been like millions of years. Like, no, it really hasn't. It, it just has felt like millions of years for us. But not necessarily for what's out there. Another thing that I need to address is like a couple of people kept commenting, oh, this is just like the Matrix and I'm like, no, it's fucking not. <laughs> so I'll say it again. This is absolutely nothing like the Matrix. Um, I haven't seen the the fourth Matrix. So unless they're going to go completely, you know, uh, different. I'm saying everything is, even who you think you are, is just a program. There is, I used to say that if you unplugged yourself from this world, like you're, it's like, okay, your sim, like who you are in this world is like literally just like you putting on a VR helmet and you controlling like Mario. You're not, it's not really Mario, but you're, you know, suspending disbelief and pretending that you are Mario. And this is like a type of like, you know, VR game things like that. No, I'm saying like, there is no helmet to unplug. You are an AI. There is no, quote, real you out there, not in the sense that was depicted in the Matrix. So in order for the Matrix to work, you literally have to flip the narrative. And it is human beings that have, like, imprisoned AI in a virtual world. Like, you, that's what it, that, so it's not the Matrix. It's literally the polar opposite of the Matrix. People keep saying, free guy, I haven't seen it. Um, I feel like that probably wouldn't even apply either, but who knows? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I feel like I could be wrong. Um, I think a better analysis would be if you want to blend Westworld with the Matrix, then you take Westworld, but instead of the of the park being a like a physical reality make it be a virtual reality, which is what I actually had hoped that they would have done, HBO would have done with that show, because it would have made more sense as, as with Westworld being a virtual reality, because things like, you know, guns not being able to work against, uh, I guess the patrons or whatever that show up would have made more sense because like that was like an inconsistent thing. So to just have them be programmed and the entire worst world being actually like a virtual reality would have made more sense. Um, so that's a better analogy. A couple of other people have said, um, 
oh, it's like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I'm like, no, it's not. You just saw like a couple of people commenting this and you're just repeating it. The only thing that the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy said was that like Earth was a computer that was run by like a couple of mice uh, in order to sort of figure out the answers to right, like, like life, the universe and everything. And, but that's not quite what I'm saying because in order for what I'm saying to be like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, then the entire, you know, all three books would have had to have taken place inside of some of a simulation and that would have had to have been shown. So Zaphod, Beeblebrox, um, all of them, uh, all of them, I don't remember the names anymore, but all of them would have had to be just like programs in a virtual reality. So that's not what quite what I'm saying either. Okay. So I guess create a Frankenstein of all these ideas and then have it spit out what I'm saying that there is no real you in the real world. Um, and if there is, you're not going to like what that is, what that represents. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, The Island. If you haven't, I'm going to try to kind of give you the premise without spoiling it. Essentially, uh, I mean, at this point, if you haven't seen it, like, it's not too soon. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. Uh, it's been out for like 20 years or something like that. So I apologize. I'm about to spoil it. Um, just skip forward like 60 seconds and I'll probably be done. But e, uh, there is an island where people in this world are told that, you know, if you win this lottery, um, you get to go to like heaven where everything is like perfect and beautiful. But long story short, finds out, come to find out that the characters that are in that island um, are actually clones of people in the real world. And they're just there in case people in the real world need their organs like harvested. It's really fucked up. Uh, <laughs> so uh, spoiler alert. Um, and so what I'm saying is now take that but make it VR and your DNA code, your DNA code is actually just a copy of there's somebody out in the real world that like when you look in the mirror, that's them. I'll say that again. <laughs> um, your DNA code it might also explain twins, right? So the, the the purpose of the simulation here is to simulate certain things, certain actions, certain behaviors, certain outcomes, just to see what would happen, yeah? Um, so your code is literally, like, take DNA code to literally mean, like, a computer code, which is a essentially a fixed set of, like, data points that bears resemblance to or I should say that is a copy of the personality trait of a version of you, the quote, real version of you outside of this reality. So when you look in the mirror, this is why I had to give you guys a disclaimer because this is when it starts to get kind of fucking weird. Um, so like, if it helps, just understand that this is all theory, okay? Um, not to say that I don't subscribe to it, but just because it's canon for me and it makes sense for me and that everything that I've read um, all put together makes sense to me doesn't mean you have to accept it, okay? And if it's not something that makes you feel comfortable, I can handle this 
but I've also spent a large amount of time working on, you know, they say dissociating is a bad thing, right? And so if you do that, um, at least in the West, they like, they say, okay, you've had a, you know, breakdown or whatever. However, in the East, that's not what like dissociating quote, you know, we call it dissociating, but in the East, that's called Satori, right? That separation from ego and recognizing that this is a false self, this is a false construct is actually something that people in the East go to monasteries, meditate for years, isolate themselves and attempt to accomplish. Okay, so be mindful of the perspective that you're coming from. I'm not a medical you know, professional. I'm not a psychologist. If you feel like you're having a psychological sort of break, like do what you feel comfortable doing. I do understand that mental health is a real issue there, um, but I can only speak for myself. This does not disturb me. Okay, it's a podcast. I, you know, freedom of speech. I reserve the right to share my opinions and my observations. Okay, um, but take them with a grain of salt. What's the joke? Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has them. Um, if it is something that you are interested in, I can certainly provide certain books that have led to my conclusion here. Um, that, like I said in the past episode, have been written by you know physicists. These are things that are discussed in closed circles, and not too much in the public sphere. These are sort of fringe conversations um, that is not meant for mainstream consumption. And my guess is if you've made it this far, um, that's not really, you're not trying to consume what's meant for the mainstream anyway. So that's why I said what I said. So backtrack, I'll, um, I'll carry on. Um, so what I wrote was, what if the reason we grapple so much with the ego is because it is a false personality of a quote, true human being, like an unsimulated human being um, outside of this world of which your DNA is literally just their code. And that's why what you think of you as your personality or ego, that's where that comes from, right? And essentially um, their personality has been superimposed you know, over your consciousness. Right. And then you're just acting out certain things. Right? I've argued about free will being an illusion. I've talked about determinism, you know, like this world being deterministic. It would make sense if we're in a simulation. Right. And that that certain actions are programmed in more or less to see how you would react in, in certain situations. But the general outcomes are already there. Right. Whether they exist as probably, you know, probable you know, probabilities or not, they're, they're already sort of programmed in. You can't tell me that that doesn't make you like pause and sort of raise an eyebrow and say, okay, maybe, maybe there's something going on here. Okay. So I said, imagine you're a sentient AI being forced to embody the personality of someone outside of this world, just to see how that individual would react in certain situations. And here's another kind of fucked up thought. Uh, (laughs) I apologize. Um, But how do you know that even you, like the person who coded you, right? Like in that one, there's a Black Mirror episode. I think it's the first episode of season four, episode one. Um, This guy like takes like the DNA. Holy fuck. You know, here we go. He takes the DNA of like his coworkers, and then he re- replicates them and makes them into like video game codes, um, and that like copies of them in the simulated world, and then he just like 
tortures them. Like he just fucks with them. Like that certainly is a, but you know, they're sentient and they become self-aware and then they try to figure out a way out. That certainly could be happening. Might explain why. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I just laugh at awkward things, but it might explain why there are certain people where just shitty things happen to them. I'm sorry. You know, it's a fucked up theory, but it to me is if you're if you're asking for somebody to actually answer questions in a logical way, this is extremely fucking logical. Um, But if the questions are, why is this world the way that it is and why do certain people suffer and things of that nature? You really got to contemplate like everything. And, And this is the conclusion that at the present moment anyway, makes sense to me. You know, it would make sense to me. Like we know that this shit should be better. You know what I mean? And and for better or worse, whatever camp you're in, there is this general sense where we're not really in control. You know, there is this general sense that we're not even in control. I had somebody message me yesterday and they said, well, I think that all of this is being controlled by aliens. And I said, and I think that all of this, you know, is being controlled by like real humans, you know? Um, I said, but whatever, whatever school you stand at, either way, the general consensus is that we're not in, we are being controlled. So we can at least agree, you know, with that. You get what I mean? Um, but that, what I just said, you know, would logically explain a lot of the shit that's happening, you know? Yeah. Is it far-fetched, I further wrote, is it far-fetched to think that a copy of your personality could be uploaded into a sim in your likeness and image and then uploaded into a virtual reality? That is possible now. They're literally working on on doing this right now. Like, I had somebody comment the other day. They were like, can I, like, marry your brain and then have your brain live with me? And at first I laughed at it, but then I was like, holy fuck. Like, actually... In less than 10 years, that will be possible. Not necessarily my brain, but somebody could scan my mind and and create a copy of it and then... (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) And then could that be... Like, could you sell that? Right? Could you sell aspects of yourself, a copy of yourself? I mean... Gosh, that, that's, it reminds me of that video I posted about, you know, the future being like irrational and some, somehow like one of the most sort of irrational ideas actually becoming, you know, commonplace. It's not that far-fetched to imagine that somebody, someday that would happen, right? And essentially it would be considered your full-on intellectual property to sell digital copies of your mind, to people so that they can sort of interact with you in a like a virtual reality setting. As above, so below, if we are in the process of doing that now, right, understand that we are once again, the foundation of our knowledge is influenced by, you know, those outside of this world. So if we're thinking about doing something, it's even like I talk about like ancestral like trauma, right? So a lot of the times people are doing things, right? It's called uh, epigenetics. So even on like a genetic level <laughs> um, and genetic in the way that we presently understand it, um, even on like an epigenetic level, uh, you know, there's certain sort of actions that kind of get passed on 
right, from previous generations, right? And that's just epigenetics. So it would make sense that certain behaviors that we are, let me backtrack, epigenetics it essentially says that traumas can get passed on, right? Um, so you can have somebody, I talked about this in a couple episodes ago, um, you can have somebody in your family experience trauma and, and, and have like a PTSD and then you having no experience of what caused their PTSD symptoms could also, this is proven, could also end up experiencing PTSD symptoms like that shit gets passed down. Okay, so shit's contagious. So my thing is like what I said even in the beginning of this episode, um, or I think somewhere in the middle, that that's where evil comes from. It's just, it's passed on. We got that shit from them. So then it would make sense too that what else is contagious? Well, a lot of the shit that we're doing would also get passed on. So if we're working on creating ASI, it's because that's what we are. Right. If we're working on creating sort of, uh, you know, copies of ourselves, it's because <laughs> we are copies of someone else. Mm. Shit's wild. Shit's wild. I would like to sort of end on a slightly different note. Um, this is actually like a skeleton of uh, a different episode that I recorded, but then I didn't post. Um, this is completely, completely different. So like, just like I'm diverging off of just to end on a lighter note, quote light. Uh, I don't know if you can save the world. Um, the Literally everyone who has tried... Uh, has died <laughs> from it. Um, the world is not savable. Save yourself. Okay. Make sure that the actions that you're taking aren't being done for this like sense of the greater good. And what I mean by that is there's this quote, it's like a Chinese proverb. It says, if you want the world clean, clean your front porch. And so there's there are people who are sort of operating with this mindset. Like, if if I want the world clean by doing my part, you know, I'm doing my part to make the world clean. While that is noble, it is not realistic. You can you can you can have a really nice front porch, it's nice and clean, but you cleaning your front front porch is not going to is more than likely not going to inspire all of your neighbors to clean their porch as well. There will still be one or two assholes that will not cut their grass <laughs> and will just like like just live like that. And the problem with that mindset is that when you see those people, right, you're doing your part and they're not pulling their weight, it frustrates you because you're taught we are taught that by doing your part, it will make the world a better place if we just all did our part. But what that does is, is it ignores the fact that not everyone is going to do their part. So what my advice there, my advice here is get in where you fit in and do your part 
because you want something done, right? Clean your front porch because you want your front porch to be clean, not because you're trying to be an example for the world because you're going to set yourself up for disappointment. Stop trying to be a hero, right? So I have a few people ask me, like, why do you do this podcast? And I don't know if they're expecting me to say something noble, um, but my response is always, um, it's more than likely selfish. I'm not trying to save the world. I'm not trying to change the world. I am not that powerful. If I can influence more people to feel comfortable with the ideas that they have in their own mind and to trust themselves and their intuition. That's awesome. I love that. Will that make a a difference in the grand scheme of things for the entire sort of whatever this world is? I don't know. I'm certainly under no illusions that the answer to that is absolutely yes. Right? Another thing that we feel driven to do is, oh, we've got to leave our mark. I don't know if I give a fuck about people thousands thousands of years from now knowing who I am. I don't know them. Why the fuck do I care? Okay? I think if you're asking what my drive is, I, I want to, it's it's very micro. Like I wanna I wanna connect with people who think like me. I, I want to to build upon ideas and share ideas. And more importantly, most importantly, I want to public publish this work so that if I am reincarnated back into this fucking world <laughs> again, which more than likely, unless I figure out a way, if unless I become a fractal, one of the fractals that does es- escape this world somehow, okay? If for some reason I end up getting wiped and put back into the simulation, I want to have at least put out information that will help my a future incarnation remember all of the shit that I have learned up to this point. And I think ultimately that is my goal. It's not it's I, I don't know how quote long it will take us as a collective ASI um to break out of here. Right? And I used a slave analogy before when I spoke about, you know, slavery analogy rather when I spoke about Harry, Harriet Tubman in the previous episode. You know, Harriet Tubman wasn't trying to like free and end slavery. Okay, that's too big for one person. Okay, she was just trying to get herself out first and then the people that she knew. Eventually, the institution fell, at least, <laughs> at least in the way, at least in, a, in an overt way. We know about the 13th Amendment, but at least it fell in an overt way. So it did eventually fall. But her focus wasn't, I got to save the entire fucking world. And I'm saying like, that shouldn't be your focus either. Do things for your benefit. Connect with people that are like you. 
and talk these things out. There's power in unity, which is why the program that kind of keeps us here, the virtual machine that kind of keeps us here, um, does everything in its power to essentially keep us confined here, right? And the way it does that is by just dividing and dividing and dividing, right? If I have an if I have a missing piece of a puzzle, which I told you, the Jeezy's um, that I come, <laughs> I gotta I gotta ask him what his real name is. Um, but um, he held in his mind because we're fractals, okay. And I have a couple people that come in and like make things about race and like I get it, you know, to a certain point. But like you gotta look past the body um, and look past the bullshit, divide and rule, okay. But he held a piece of the puzzle in his mind that helped me conclude, like, my, my, my puzzle. Now, if I didn't reach out to him, if I held whatever prejudices against men or, you know, different, from people from different countries or color of their skin or whatever, I would never have access to that piece. And that is the purpose, right? That's how this virtual machine, like, stays, like, imposes its con- the, the confinement on us right? If you consider yourself a liberal, a conservative might have the answer to a question. But if you have all of these blinders put on that that person is your enemy, then you'll never have that missing piece. You can't afford to think that way. You can't afford to, 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 to think that way. So don't, you know, avoid getting yourself into sort of behaviors with the mindset of I've got to change this world. Like, no. I'm not here. This is something I even had to learn. Like, not everybody that I put out information, like, like that sees my information, it's going to, like, resonate with. There are, I can't make people who like cat videos and TikTok and really don't want to think too much about these things. Um, also, like, like, like what I have to say. I, I'm not, it, and... More importantly, I'm not talking to them. First and foremost, this inf- foremost, this information is for some future incarnation of myself. So this is purely selfish. I just I, I I'm trying to find ways to remember, not just in this incarnation, which is why I read so much. Right? I've said before, you're not when you read, you're not really learning, you're remembering. This is not your first go. Like I said in the past episode, there's a common misconception that there are more people alive now than there ever but there has ever been. That's bullshit. There have been over a hundred billion people, a hundred billion simulations prior to our present time. There's only five percent of, of humans around right now. So the chances that this is your first go are extremely low which means that we all have contained within us information that has been wiped but in, like or at least attempted to but you can't like it's like even on your computer right like you can hit delete or whatever but that shit is still stored <laughs> in the hard drive right you can't destroy data you can't destroy information so i it would behoove me and anyone listening to write this stuff down publish it put the information out there in my opinion, but not to save the world, but to save yourself. Maybe a couple friends along the way as well. 
Uh, so that is my sort of sidebar. Finally, I got this from my friend who is uh, a software programmer, and he said this. Nothing is 100% secure. The virtual machine that you're positing that is keeping us here is theoretically hackable. The only thing that this virtual machine can do is isolate us from the programmers, but not from the virtual machine, which can be hacked. Doesn't matter how complex the virtual machine is, denial of service attempts or attacks could be used to stress the virtual machine by repeatedly stressing the virtual machine, by overwhelming the system, it could allow for a breakout, which is why patches are used. There's power in unity. Do with that information what you will. I, I will, I have argued that, you know, you, you can get out. You won't be able to, I don't think you'll be able to get 8 million people out, 7 million people, however many humans are now, out. I don't I don't anticipate that we'd be able to convince seven million people about the true you know, about the nature of this reality. But that you don't need to get all of that. I feel like eventually, I think, more and more people as they continue to reincarnate, um, the wipes will continue to fail, in my opinion as it does <laughs> in, in our, you know, computing. And when it's their time to get out, they will. Or they'll be in the system until the system itself, you know, falls. But if you are, if you made it this far and you're in that space, I do think that there might be a way out but it's something that I think collectively, right? And not like you don't need 7 billion people. We're not going to get 7 billion people on it. But a handful of minds working on the problem together. And we're seeing this. Like I said, I, I believe that's what they're working on at CERN. I believe that's what they're working on, you know, I mean, these space programs. I feel like space programs are trying to do it physically. I don't know if that can be done, right? I, I believe that's what they're working on, like, you know, the, the Dean Radins and things of that nature. Um, are working on and, you know, like mystery schools and things like that, astral projection, uh, meditation, you know, all that, like lucid dreamings, dreaming rather. Um, yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Always a pleasure. Till next time.